0: Bismillahir Rahim In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. The belief in Allah. By Jamaluddin Zarabozo. The Islamic belief in God revolves around a pure, unadulterated monotheism commonly referred to in Arabic as Tawheed. In order to clarify matters, the scholars divided the discussion of Tawheed uh, monotheism into different branches each branch covering or explaining one aspect of the complete and correct belief in Allah these branches are clearly and directly indicated by the Quran and Sunnah a popular way of discussing tawhid or monotheism is to divide it into 3 categories these three categories are Tawhid Arububiya, Tawhid Al Uluhiya and Tawhid Al Asma I'm going to explain this. One Tawhid rububiya In essence this is belief in the uniqueness of Allah with respect to His actions. Again, in essence this is belief in the uniqueness of Allah with respect to his actions. This is the belief in the oneness of Allah with respect to his Lordship. He alone is the Lord, a Rabb. He is the one without partner in his dominion and his actions. He is the only creator, owner, nourisher, maintainer, and sustainer of this creation, all creation has been created by Him and Him alone. According to Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, may Allah have mercy on his soul, all of mankind except the most arrogant and haughty accepts and recognizes this aspect of Tawhid, monotheism, namely that there is no lord and creator but the one lord and creator this is so because this belief is ingrained this is so because this belief is ingrained in the nature of mankind mankind recognizes and realizes that this creation must have had a creator mankind also realizes that this creator must only be one It is clear from numerous verses of the Quran that even the polytheistic Arabs knew and recognized that the true and only creator was above and beyond the idols that they used to worship. For example, Allah says in the Quran, in the meaning of which, say, whose is the earth and whosoever is therein? Whose is the earth and whosoever is therein? If you know, they will say it is Allah, it is Allah's. Again, if you know, they will say it is Allah's. Say, will you not then remember? Say, who is the Lord of the heaven, uh, of the seven heavens? Who is the Lord of the Seven Heavens, and the Lord of the Great Throne? They will say, Allah. Say, will you not then fear Allah, believe in His Oneness, obey Him, believe in the Resurrection and Recompense for every good or bad deed? Say, in whose hand is the sovereignty of everything, i.e., treasures of each and everything? and he protects all while against whom there is no protector in whose hand is the sovereignty of everything i.e treasures of each each uh, and everything and he protects all while against whom there is no protector if you knew if you know sorry they will say all that belongs to allah all that belongs to allah say How then are you deceived and turned away from the truth? Quran Chapter 23 verses 84 to 89. However, this belief concerning Allah also necessitates or implies the following aspects. Everything that occurs in this creation is by the decree, permission, and will of Allah. sustenance and provisions are from allah and allah alone life and death are in the hand of allah alone all blessings come from allah guidance and misguidance are by the will and permission of allah legislation or prescribing a way of life is the right of allah alone allah alone has knowledge of the unseen no one has Any rights over Allah Unless Allah himself has laid down Such himself Uh, Unless Allah has laid down Such upon himself No one has any rights Over Allah unless Allah himself Has laid down such upon himself The Second Tawheed is Tawheed Al-Uluhiyya The which means this is the oneness of Allah with respect to him being the only one who is an Ilah God object of adoration and worship this is the actualization of Tawheed monotheism as found in the actions of the humans or servants of Allah this is the meaning of the testimony of faith there is none worthy of worship except Allah This is the reason for which the messengers were sent and the books were revealed. This is the trial or test that mankind is facing in this world. Allah said in the Quran in the meaning of which, I have not created jinn and mankind, jinn meaning the spirits. I have not created jinn, the spirits and mankind except that they should worship and serve me. Chapter 51 verse 56 Allah also says in the Quran, the meaning of which a new Lord has decreed that you worship none but Him. Chapter 17 verse 23 This branch of Tawhid, monotheism is the real goal or essence of the teachings of all of the messengers and the prophets. The first type of Tawhid, Tawhid al rububiyyah is necessary and essential in reality there has been very little dispute or controversy over that first type of Tawheed many people would accept the basic concept that the lord and creator is one lord and creator only however this belief must lead to the second form of Tawheed wherein one directs all of his acts of worship towards Allah and Allah alone this is why So many messengers are quoted in the Quran as telling their people, O my people, worship Allah as you have no other god besides him. (coughs) O Allah, uh, sorry, O my people, I repeat this verse, O my people, worship Allah as you have no other god besides him. And you find this in many chapters and verses in the Quran. Many authors have given definitions for this type of Tawheed. Al-Qaisi, for example, defined it in the following manner. This is the knowledge, belief, and recognition that Allah has the position of God over all of his creation. This category of Tawheed monotheism, which is called Tawheed Al-Uluhiyyah or Tawheed al Ibadah. Requires that one single out Allah alone for all acts of worship. It is the singling out of Allah and the specifying of Him as the object of all acts of worship, external and internal statements and actions. It is the denial of the worship of anything other than Allah, whatever that other thing or being might be. It is the negation of any partner with Allah, in any form whatsoever, and refusal to turn any act of worship to anyone other than Him. The concept of worship, which must be devoted solely to Allah, covers everything that is beloved and pleasing to Allah. The concept of worship, which must be devoted solely to Allah, covers everything that is beloved beloved and pleasing to Allah, whether it Be acts or statements, both inward or outward, including purity of intention, love, fear, hope, or turning to Him alone, putting one's trust only in Allah, seeking aid and assistance, seeking a means of approach. He goes on to mention many acts of worship, including the obvious ones such as prayer, prostration, fasting, animal. Uh, animal sacrifice, pilgrimage, and so forth. All of these must be done solely for the sake of Allah. They must also be done in the manner that is prescribed by Allah, and that is pleasing to Him. To perform any of these acts for anyone other than Allah, negates and destroys one's fulfillment and implementation of Tawheed monotheism. Al-Saadi's definition sheds some further light on this concept He wrote that Tawheed al uluhiya is to know and recognize with knowledge and certainty that Allah is the only God and the only one truly deserving of worship. (coughs) It is also to verify that the attributes of Godhood and its meaning are not found in any of Allah's creatures. In any of Allah's creatures. No one is than deserving of worship except Allah. If the person recognizes that and recognizes it correctly, he will reserve all of his external and internal acts of servitude and worship for Allah alone. He will fulfill the external acts of Islam, such as prayer, jihad, uh, ordering good and eradicating evil, being dutiful to parents, keeping the ties of kinship, Fulfilling the rights of Allah and the rights of His creatures He will not have any goal in life other than pleasing His Lord and attaining His rewards In His affairs, He will be following the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon Him His beliefs will be whatever is proven in the Quran and Sunnah His deeds and actions will be what Allah and His Messenger legislated his character and manners will be in imitation of his prophet, in his guidance, behavior, and all of his affairs. This aspect of Tawheed comprises both the actions of the heart as well as the deeds of the physical body. There are two aspects in particular that must be combined in the worship of Allah. As Saadi stated, the spirit and Actuality of worship is by the realization of love and submission to Allah Complete love and full submission to Allah is the reality of worship If the act of worship is missing both or one of those components It is not truly an act of worship For the reality of worship is found in submission and yielding to Allah And that will only occur if there is complete and full love for Allah which dominates all other expressions of love. Ja'far uh, Sheikh Idris has aptly described the process that should come about through the correct belief in Allah and how that should lead to the acts of the heart, which are essential aspects of Tawheed. Sheikh Idris wrote, When faith enters a person's heart, it causes their uncertain mental states which result in certain apparent actions, both of which are the proof of true faith. Foremost among those mental states is the feeling of gratitude towards God, which could be said to be the essence of ibadah, worshipping or serving God. This feeling of gratitude is so important that an unbeliever is called Kaafir, which means one who denies a truth and also one who is ungrateful. One can understand why this is so when one reads in the Quran that the main motive of when one reads in the Quran that the main motive for denying the existence of God is that of unjustified pride. Such a proud person feels that it does not become him to be it does not such a proud person feels that it does not become him to be created or governed by a being whom he must thus whom he must thus acknowledge to be greater than himself and to whom he must be grateful again such a proud person feels that it does not become him to be created It does not become him to be created or governed by a being whom he must thus acknowledge to be greater than himself and to whom he must be grateful. Those who dispute concerning the signs of God without any authority come to them. In their hearts is only pride that they shall never attain. Chapter Ghafir, verse 56 With the feeling of gratitude goes that of love with the feeling of a gratitude goes that of love there are some people who take the there are some people who take to themselves for, for them for worship there are some people who take to themselves for worship others apart from god loving them as they should love god but those who believe love god more ardently than they love anything else al-baqarah verse 165 a believer loves and is grateful to God for his bounties, but being aware of the fact that his good deeds, whether mental or physical, are far from being commensurate with divine favors, he is always anxious, lest because of his sins God should withhold from him some of these favors or punish him in the hereafter. He therefore fears of him, he therefore fears him, surrenders himself to him, and serves him with great humility. There is thus no real worship unless the heart is filled with the feeling of love and glorification for Allah. Along with his sorry, along with this flows the other necessity components of having hope in Allah and fear of Allah in the heart. Fear of Allah comes about when one truly glorifies and exalts Allah. Hope in, uh, hope in Allah flows from a complete and true love of Allah. All of these components must be present and in a proper balance. If they are not present at all or if they are not properly balanced, one's worship becomes distorted and incorrect. Allah says about some of His true and pious servants, Verily, they used to hasten to do good deeds. They used to call upon us with hope and fear. They also would humble themselves before us. Chapter 21 verse 90 In reference to the pious and devoted servants Jesus, Uzair and the angels Allah has said they hope for his mercy And fear his torment Chapter 17 verse 57 This category of Tawheed monotheism Is the key to a real life A life that is sound and proper Ibn Taymiyyah wrote You must know that a human's need for Allah That he worship him and not associate any partner with him is a need concerning which there is no comparison that one can make an, an analogy to. In some matters, it resembles the need of the body for food and drink. However, there are many differences between the two. The reality of a human being is in his heart and soul. These cannot uh, be prosperous except through their relation with Allah, concerning whom there is no other god there is uh, for example no tranquility in this world except in his remembrance verily man is heading toward his lord and he shall meet him he must definitely meet him there is no true goodness for him except in meeting him if the human experiences any pleasure or happiness other than in allah that joy and happiness will not endure it will move from one nature to another or from one person to another. The person will enjoy it at one time or only some of the time. In fact, sometimes the thing he enjoys and gets pleasure from does not bring him pleasure or enjoyment. Sometimes it even hurts him when it comes to him, and he is even more harmed by that. But his God is definitely always with him under every circumstance. And at all times <coughs> whenever sorry, wherever he is, he is with him by his knowledge and aid. if someone worships if someone worships anything other than Allah, even if he loves it and attains some love in this world and some form of pleasure from that, that false worship will destroy the person in a way greater than the harmful displeasure that comes to a person who ate poison. (coughs) Again, if someone worships anything other than Allah, even if he loves it and attains some love in this world and some form of pleasure from that, that false worship will destroy the person in a way greater than the harmful displeasure that comes to a person who ate poison. You must know that if anyone loves something other than for the sake of Allah, then that beloved thing will definitely be a cause of harm and punishment. If somebody loves something other than for the sake of Allah, that thing will harm him, whether it is with him or he is without it. (coughs) In order for any deed to be accepted by Allah, it must be done in accordance with this aspect of Tawheed, monotheism. In other words, if a person is fulfilling and understanding this form of Tawheed properly, this by necessity implies that he is accepting and applying the other forms of Tawheed. Therefore, his deeds may then be accepted by Allah. Allah says, So whoever hopes for the meeting with his Lord, let him work righteousness and not associate anyone with Allah in the worship of his Lord. Chapter 18, verse 110 one of the acts that must be done solely towards allah is a prayer or supplication the prophet peace be upon him has said supplication is the essence of worship when a person prays or supplicates to another he is showing his trust and reliance in that other he is demonstrating his need for the one he is praying to he is demonstrating his trust in that person or being uh, or being's ability to know understand and fulfill his need This kind of feeling in the heart that is reflected in supplication must be directed towards Allah only. That is why the Prophet, peace be upon him, called supplication the essence of worship. Hence, hence anyone who prays or supplicates to anyone other than Allah is associating partners with Allah or, in other words, committing shirk. This is the antithesis of Iman, faith, and Tawheed monotheism. This type of Tawheed monotheism is actually a, necessi- a necessary consequence or result of the correct belief in Tawheed al Rububiyah. If one realizes that there is no Rabb, Lord except Allah, then one will realize that none is worthy or deserving of worship except Allah. If none other than Allah is worthy of worship, then why would anyone worship somebody or something other than Allah? On this aspect of Tawheed, Ibn Abu al-Izz al-Hanafi wrote, (coughs) The Qur'an abounds with statements and parables concerning this type of Tawheed. It first affirms the Tawheed al rububiyyah that there is no creator other than Allah. This conviction necessitates that no one should be worshipped except Allah. It takes the first proposition that Allah is Lord As evidence for the second proposition That Allah is the only one worthy of worship The Arabs believed in the first proposition And disputed the second Allah then made it clear to them Since you know that there is no creator except Allah And that he is the one who can give a person What benefits him or keep away from him What harms him and he has no partner in those acts, then how can you worship others besides him and associate partners with him in his his Godhead? For example, Allah says in the Quran, say, praise be to Allah and peace on his servants whom he has chosen for his message. Who is better, God or the false gods they associate with him? Or who has created the heavens and the earth and who sends you uh, down rain from the sky with which he brings forth beautiful gardens. It is not in your power to cause the growth of the trees in them. Can there be another God besides Allah? Yet there are a people who assign equals to him. And naml uh, the ants, chapter 59, verse 60. At the, end of other, at the end of other similar verses Allah states, Can there be another God besides Allah? And naml chapter 61, <coughs> or verses 61, 62, 63, and 64. This is a question with a clearly implied negative answer. They accepted the notion that no one but Allah does such things. Allah used that as a proof against them. If it does not... It does not mean to ask if there is another God besides Allah, as some have claimed. Such a meaning is inconsistent with the context of the verses and the fact that the people actually used to take care, uh, to take other gods uh, alongside Allah. As Allah says, can you possibly bear witness that besides Allah, there is another God? Say, I witness it not. Al-An'am, verse 19. And they used to say about the Prophet, "Does he make all the gods one?" That it is truly a strange thing. Saad, verse five. But they would never say that there was another God with Allah that would make the earth a fixed abode, place rivers, uh, 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 place rivers in its fold, and a place firm hills therein. And Naml, verse sixty-one. They accepted the fact that only Allah did all of those things. Therefore Allah says, O people adore your guardian Lord who created you and those who went before you that you may learn to be righteous. Al-Baqarah verse 21 And say, think if Allah took away your hearing and your sight and sealed up your hearts, who a God other than Allah could restore them to you? Al-An'am verse 46 and there are other similar verses. <coughs> Three, Tawhid al-asma' al sifat The third aspect of Tawheed, monotheism, in monotheism, this way of viewing Tawheed, is recognizing and affirming the oneness of Allah with respect to His names and attributes. One must affirm that these attributes are perfect and complete in Allah alone. These attributes are unique to Allah. No one else can attain any of these attributes. Throughout the history of Islam, this is another aspect of Tawheed concerning which many sects deviated. <coughs> <coughs> Shu'ayb al-Arna'ut describes the different views that developed in the following passage. There is no doubt that the topic of Allah's attributes must be considered as one of the greatest and most important topics of the foundations of faith. The views of the Islamists have differed on this issue. Some of them followed the approach of complete denial of the attributes. Others accepted Allah's names in general but denied the attributes. Some of them accepted both the names and attributes but at the same time rejected or gave interpretations for some of them turning away from their apparent meanings of the texts found in the Quran and Sunnah. Some of them took the approach that it is obligatory to believe in all of the names and attributes that are mentioned in the Book of Allah and the authentic Sunnah. They took them and passed them on according to their plain, apparent meaning. They deny any understanding of their modality, uh, kifaya, uh, and deny any kind of similarity of those attributes to any other than Allah. The people of this uh, last opinion are those who are called the pious predecessors, Salaf and Ahl Sunnah. The correct belief concerning this uh, topic that has been passed on from the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions was aptly summarized by a Sa'di when he wrote, As for belief in Allah, it includes belief in whatever attributes. Uh, Allah has uh, described Himself with in His book, and whatever attributes His Messenger, peace be upon Him, has attributed to Him, the belief in those attributes are without any distortion or negation, and without stating how or what manner the attributes are. In fact, the in fact the belief is that there is nothing similar to Allah, and at the same time, He is the All-Hearing, the All-Seeing. Therefore. What he has attributed to himself is not denied, or nor, nor, uh, nor are such descriptions distorted from their proper meanings. In addition, the names of Allah are neither denied, nor is their manner described, nor are they depicted in a way that makes his attributes similar to the attributes of any of his creation. This is because there is no one and nothing similar or comparable to Allah. He has no associate or partner. One cannot make an analogy between him and his creation, glorified and most high be he. <coughs> with respect to belief in what Allah has been attributed with of attributes and, and names, there must be a combination of affirmation and negation. The Ahl sunnah wal-Jamaah do not allow any straying from what the messengers preached, as that is the straight path included in this very important principle are all the statements from the quran and the sunnah detailing allah's names attributes actions and what should be negated of him included among this is the belief in allah's settling himself over the throne his descending to the lowest heaven the believers seeing him in the hereafter as the confirmed continuous reports have stated Also included under this principle is that Allah is close and responds to the supplications. What is mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah concerning his closeness and being with the believers does not contradict what is stated concerning his transcendence and his being above the creation. For glory be to him, there is nothing at all similar to him with respect to any of his characteristics. In one verse, Allah has pointed to, out that both nothing is similar to him. In one verse Allah has pointed out that both nothing is similar to him whatsoever and at the same time he has attributes such as hearing and seeing. Allah has stated there is nothing similar to him and he is all hearing all seeing. 42 verse 11. Hence there is a complete denial of uh, anthropom. Anthropomorphism. There is a complete denial of anthropomorphism while affirming Allah's attributes of hearing and seeing. This aspect of Tawheed is very important and should not be underestimated. As Ahmed Salam points out, the people before the coming of the Prophet, peace be upon him, accepted the idea of Allah alone being the only creator of the universe. However, they associated partners with Allah in different forms of worship. Therefore, Islam came to purify this concept of Allah being the Lord or Rabb and gave it its proper understanding. By doing so, then they would worship Allah alone properly. But the way to achieve that or the beginning point is to have the knowledge and correct understanding of Allah's names and attributes. If one has knowledge of and a correct understanding of Allah's names and attributes, then one would never turn to anyone else or direct any form of worship to anyone other than Allah. Hence, a correct and detailed understanding of Allah's names and attributes is truly the foundation for the correct fulfillment of the other types of Tawheed. He further states that Tawheed al rububiyyah is like a tree. Its root then is Tawheed al-Asma' al-Sifat. In other words, Tawheed al rububiyyah stands on on a foundation which is Tawheed al-Asma' al-Sifat. If that root or foundation is not found, the tree itself may be diseased and weak. However, given that parable, the real fruit of Tawheed al-Asma' al-Sifat, once again is Tawheed al uluhiyah uh, The more that one knows about Allah and his attributes, the more one will love Allah, fear Allah, and have hope in Allah. Definitely, definitely the more one knows about Allah, the more one will love Allah and desire to please Allah and have Allah pleased with Him. Hence, the correct understanding of the names and attributes of Allah is very important and very beneficial. Those people who stray on this issue have harmed themselves, uh, themselves greatly and lost a great fortune. Alhamdulillah.